Jeff, it's good to chat again, man. How are you doing? I've been great, man. It's uh, it's been a while since we've talked. And when you messaged me and said, "Hey, it's been about a year," I'm like, "No way!" It's gone yeah. by super fast. It has, and uh, yeah, it's it's been. I can't remember what we talked about last time, um, but I know that we did talk about last time your your prep and your thirty five fifty. Is that was that what it was? 35, 35 years of lifting, fifty years of life of living. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't hit 50 yet. Let's, let's not, yeah. let's, let's slow it down on that. But yeah, June, I'll be 50, which is crazy. Yeah. And are you, you're still going at, you're looking, you're looking trim enough in the face. So I assume you're still in your, your fat loss phase. Um, I'm a little bit on pause right now, just because the schedule changed a little bit. So the show is uh, postponed till October. So right. it just gives me a little bit more time to, to get in shape. So I was like, okay, let me just take a little bit of a break. Um, but this week I started to get back on it a little bit. Yeah. I assume though, like a positive of that though, is that the worlds are probably pretty close to, to October. Yeah. So like we talked about, I think we talked last time it was postseason. So we were kind of talking about like how, um, we had long stretch where I stayed really, really lean and how my physique kind of deteriorated the longer I was lean. Well, now, like you said, the show is October, November now between the worlds and the muscle man. So it's like a four week difference, I think. So I think that's going to um, bode well as far as my trajectory goes this time around. Yeah, that that's cool. Cause you're, I, I know that you were, weren't sure if you're going to do worlds because there's such a long gap, but now it seems pretty, it seems like a pretty good idea, especially if it's going to be West Coast again. I'm not sure. Is it yeah. LA or? Yeah, from what I hear. So logistically, yeah, it's going to be easier for me because Mayhem's like 30 minutes from my house, world's mm. like hour flight. So logistically, it's lining up pretty well for me. So like the stars and moon is aligning here. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I know the, the last time, or when you finish up your prep, your goal is to kind of stay a bit leaner because you usually take off a lot more time in between shows. I think before 2019, it was 2014 that you competed last, which is five years. Now it's two, right? So how did that, how did that go? It, I didn't, wasn't planning on staying too lean because from past experience in 2014, I had it in my mind at that point, like, oh, okay, I'm getting older. Because at that time I was like 43. So I was like, okay, I need to stay relatively lean. That way it's easier for me. I'm older. I'm not going to put on a ton of muscle. So let's just make the prep a little bit easier and shorter. Well, I was hanging out about 10 pounds over stage weight and uh, everything just felt labored. Like I was food focused. Training was hard. Recovery wasn't all that great. I was picking up aches and pains and just personal life. Like just the quality of life wasn't all that great just because I was kind of refraining from the social things. Uh, I remember we went on a cruise uh, to Mexico. It was a five-day cruise. And the first three, four days, I would, like, I would go to the buffet line and I'm like picking out like lean meats and, and like keep sticking to fruits and salads. And, and I just remember the fourth day into it, I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm letting body weight kind of take over my vacation. So I just decided right then and there, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the last couple of days. Uh, but long story short, when I got back from the cruise, I decided, you know what? I just need to let my body weight go up. 
because I know I'm going to be a happier human. I also know my training is probably going to be a lot better and just recovery, just everything in general is going to improve. And that's basically what happened. Like I gained like two, three pounds and it was like a huge difference. Um, and they ended up going about 20, 25 pounds over stage weight. Uh, so coming off of 2019, I knew I wasn't going to stay 10 pounds over stage weight or even 15. Uh, but I ended up enjoying life a little too much. And I put on like a good 30 pounds. Um, and I got a little heavier than I, than I normally do. So you can say since last July, I've been kind of just slowly taking some of that off. But personally, like, I just thrive better as a human and as a bodybuilder when I'm a little bit softer. Yeah, I, I do agree. And uh, I don't mean I agree for you, but I agree that that's the same for me. <laughs> hey, you can agree for me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's more yeah, power but, to me. But uh, yeah, do, do, do you regret that? Like looking back, would you have done the same? Like, as I far know, as gaining a little, little yeah, too practically much? Versus like how you actually felt on reflection. Yeah, I mean, I probably gained probably six, seven pounds more than I probably should have. But if I take myself back, it was right before the pandemic hit. And yeah, I was just enjoying, I was more of like just living a normal human life and not really focusing so much on I need to be X weight or whatever. So you could say the social settings, we were going to a lot of events. Um, I was eating a lot of chocolate cake um, and yeah, just kind good. of enjoying myself. Uh, but I usually have those moments from time to time, like during the off season, especially if it's like in between show, like a big distance between shows, it's hard to stay just like mentally focused on, I got to be here with bodybuilding. So I just like, Hey, I'm just going to enjoy myself. Wasn't stressing on it. And I knew eventually like it starts swaying the other way. And the way I kind of look at things too, in bodybuilding, it's like, it's kind of like a dimmer switch instead of an on-off switch. So there's moments where I'm turning it up, getting a little more serious. And there's other moments where I'm like turning that dimmer switch down uh, for other things in life outside of just bodybuilding. And what I've learned over the years too, from being so focused in my twenties, like hyper-focused on bodybuilding is that mentally I got burned out. Like I remember getting three seasons in a row and I just got burned out. And you just like, it's just like you fall off a cliff. So I've learned over the years to kind of just toggle when I need to. So I get to a point where like, okay, I'm 206 pounds, a little, I'm getting a little too soft. Let's reel that back in. So I don't, I would say like, I try not to look at things as having regrets because I always look at it as a learning experience. Um, but you know, hindsight's always 20, 20. So yeah, in hindsight, you go, well, Jeff, you could have reeled things in a little sooner and not gained the extra six or seven pounds, but I'm not going to beat myself up over it because the month, two months or whatever it was that I was enjoying life, life gains. I enjoyed my life. So it's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I think when people try and like factor in the perfect, like gaining or losing phase, they don't factor in like the opportunity costs of like not being able to eat more cake and it's like practically speaking or rationally speaking it's like it's just some cake i don't have to have cake but it's it's good to not have to stress about things like that i remember after the mayhem actually i went to san francisco and uh, there's a place called fogo de show it's like a very famous brazilian uh, all you can eat uh, 
meat like restaurant where they come out with the the meat and they cut it on your yeah i've heard of that yeah yeah so it's like it's like a really expensive place but it's like it's like a really expensive all you can eat which is kind of like a a dichotomy because usually all you can eat are like jimmy chungs and they're like just really shitty meat but it's actually really good quality (laughs) but um but i actually went to brazil and uh but i had to be like at that in that restaurant i had to be kind of careful what i was eating and eating salads because i got a show like four or five six weeks later um but like not that i regret doing that because i had a show but when i went to brazil in january this year um i went to the actual like an actual like fogo de show in brazil and rio and uh like no stress at all but like just eating whatever i want but not like you know just like pouring like ice cream melted ice cream into my mouth but like just enjoying it i only trained i think twice when i was there and i just did like a full body kind of machine session i didn't stress too much about it but i think like you that that dimmer switch it allows me then to to kind of turn the dimmer back up when i need to um and keeps me in it longer and ultimately those who are in it longer are gonna progress the best it's not there's not many who can keep it full throttle for 20 30 40 years I, that's just it. Like the, the lens I look through now is because I've been doing this for so long. It's, I realize like, okay, progress doesn't have to happen like right now. And we're not robots. We're not always going to be on point with everything. There's going to be times where you're obviously more on point. There's other times you're not. Um, but it's those times when you're not like how you wrap your mind around that. Like when yeah. we're, we're younger and we're very eager, then we get a little insecure if we're not, let's say, on point. Especially because at that point, like you think when you're, you can probably attest to this, when you're first starting out or you're a little more intermediate, you're looking externally as to what I should be doing. Like I got to look at the research or I got to pay my coaches telling me this or wherever you're looking for your information that's how you're viewing if you're actually being successful or not, or if you're doing things right or wrong. And to me, it's like, once you get in the trenches more and more and more, you should start to venture yourself away from those external sources and starting to look more internal. And realize that as you go with your journey over time, you're collecting your own data all these experiences you're going through that's data that's going to help you in the future to make better decisions like for me it's like in the in the moment like oh am i going to have this piece of cake this chocolate cake or am i going to refrain from it because i'm worried about a show that's on the horizon in a year it's like no i'm going to have a piece of cake maybe two pieces of cake because right now that's worth it to me more than worrying about okay my body weight goes up a half pound extra or whatever it is yeah because so you have to you have to kind of analyze like think about like where you're at in your process what are the goals and how your choice is going to impact things one way or the other like could you imagine being like a year from a show and you and your wife are out to dinner and you're not ordering what you want and your wife's like what are you doing like like why are you ordering just a salad it's like a year away from a show and it's our special night like to me it's like if I was to order a salad and it creates stressor between 
with that meal, that's not worth it to me. Like that's the wrong decision in my opinion. It should be the other way around. Let me have enjoy this, not stress on bodybuilding, because my environment after that's going to be a little more serene. I'm going to be a happier human. My relationship's going to be better. Therefore, when I am doing my bodybuilding thing, it's higher quality. There's no stress around it. Mm, so, yeah, that's, some, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, that, it's that the decision making. Like when you're in the moment, you have to kind of like that's kind of goes through my head when I'm making decisions. Like, how is this going to impact the future? Is it going to be a positive or is it going to be a negative? Yeah, I think it could be just my my way of thinking about it. But if you're always just focusing on like you're doing this for the show or a show in the future, it's you're almost sacrificing the now or the present because something will give you satisfaction in the future that being the show or something when really especially in bodybuilding where it's subjective you know you could come second to last you know even if you do your absolute best um but yeah it's a good segue into into the topic today and uh i know i think it could have been a podcast that you did with uh with brett or with brad and and alberto about I think, I think it might have been being full or flat. I can't remember what it was exactly which podcast, mm-hmm. but you, you talked about you when you're younger, kind of you would do the show and then you just between the show and between star prep again, you would just be bulking. You wouldn't like be doing mini cuts. It could have been on mini cut. You just, you'd, you'd have your contest prep and then you'd have your bulk. And then that's all. you. That had. was it. It was either you're on season or off season. When you're off season, you're off season. Because the mentality back then, it wasn't, oh, we have to like, hey, we need to make sure that when we gain, we got to cut in order to keep gaining. Like there wasn't no phases. It was just, hey, okay, when the shows are over with, it's the mentality was we need to get big. And we, it's, it's more of a simple mentality. It's like, okay, common sense tells me if I'm going to, get stronger or and perform better. And if I'm going to put muscle on, then I need to be in a type of environment that's conducive towards that. So it's just like, in a sense, hey bro, just eat and lift. And that's kind of how it was, you know, for me in my twenties and even in my thirties, it was just once the season's over with, hey, I'm gonna gonna put my 20 to 30 pounds on and I'm gonna train. Did you wear like those, uh those cut off uh, the, what the the short sleeve sweater vests and then like or the sweaters and uh, and those like parachute pants with the stripes like Sean Ray kind of style. No man, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't go that far. <laughs> I remember a dude in my gym. Yeah, the the dude in my gym, the first gym I ever went to, Bob's gym, and this is where Ed Corny trained at, at one point. Um, but yeah, I remember this dude in the red and white stripe, uh, like the candy stripe pants. And he had like the, the matching tank top with the hairy chest and the gold chain. Yeah, he thought he was, he was <laughs> cool. And the fanny pack too. But no, I didn't do that. Usually it's like just sweats. Yeah, sweats, t-shirts, maybe a tank top. It's hot, but yeah, I wasn't like. You seem to cover up a lot in between your, like you don't you don't really wear like vests and stuff like that when you're training, when you put up pictures and stuff. It's like, it's like Dorian Yates style. You cover up until you're, you're training for, for the performance that uh, yeah i'm a simple guy like i'm not a fashion guy yeah like i don't need to wear gym shark or anything when i'm training to look fancy that's just like I'm, i got my walmart sweats uh, sometimes i'll throw pajamas on like i don't feel like that's the beauty of the home gym right you can train whatever you want 
but yeah, I just, just never been flashy in that way. Mm. Um, so like one thing that I've noticed with like, with some clients that I, cause I'm like, when we started working together, I think it would have been 2014. We chatted, I was just, well, that was like seven years ago. So I was 22. Um, so now I'm like getting older. Um, so I'm not really in my early twenties anymore, but I, I know the guys that I work with in their early twenties and like, it's not so much that they make like cutting and bulking phases to progress is like in terms of, you know, the P ratio kind of conversation that is going on. It's not so much that like for progress, it's more so like the feeling of being uncomfortable with, with mm-hmm. actually getting fluffy because, and again, this is just my opinion of it. And I, having been someone who's like younger but even even when i was like in my early 20s social media we kind of had facebook but instagram wasn't around it wasn't as much pictures um but i think just what a lot of social media people feel almost pressured to look good all the time and that hampers your progress because it's like bodybuilding not like body cutting and doing a bit of like bulking and yeah it's like how does one like deal with that mentally and i I find or i often say that like building body or bulking is is almost harder than cutting like cutting is physically harder it's more physically draining it's very taxing but there's another challenge with with being in an off season especially when you're younger and and more impressionable and you want to stay lean and you want to look like the gymshack athletes that you're following but you're you feel skinny so you know that you have to kind of get up there how do you how do you personally deal with that? And maybe it doesn't affect you, but how do you how do you advise people or what advice would you have? I mean, I'm human. So there's, I mean, everybody has insecurity. Yeah. Like we're in a sport of this bodybuilding. Like it's about making your body look better. So, I mean, I don't care who you are. If you're involved in the sport, there's always going to be some type of insecurity when you're not looking your best. And naturally when you're, off season that's not when you look your best it's actually when you look your worst so it's sometimes it's hard to deal with mentally uh, even for myself there's times where it's like oh man i'm just like eating too much cake at 206 pounds like shit i'm soft um so instead of stressing on it more and like you know looking at myself all the time in the mirror or training you know in tank tops or whatever i'm like i just put a hoodie on and train and like you said earlier I focus on performance because that's what's going to actually improve your physique as far as the big picture in the long run Uh, especially if we're talking about competitive bodybuilders the goal is to get better every time you get on stage but if you're basically staying lean all the time and like again you're gonna when you're lean you're gonna be a little more food focused not as energetic performance probably isn't going to be where it needs to be recovery is harder to come by so if you think about the environment you're in when you're a little fluffy there's available energy on your body obviously because you're heavier you're eating more to maintain that weight so your your environment for good energy good performance good recovery maybe you're a little more pliable in the weight room because you have a little bit of layer of fluff there Um, it's just a better environment to improve your physique from a whole but it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. Like if you're on, if, like, especially if you're a coach or someone like that, you just, Hey, look at, look at me. I'm soft. Like no one, like, 
it's not a hard, it's not a sexy sell, but people get caught up with, like you said, the, I, I want to look good now in the moment and I want people to see this or whatever. I, I need to get the likes or generate business or whatever. It does shortchange that, that big picture perspective as far as like making your physique better as a whole. Because the thing is, it's just like, again, it's a hard sell. Like when you're 15 to 20% body fat, it's just not, it's not going to be your best look. But I mean, you've, you've, you've done this for a while now, you know, like 15 to 20%, you're going to feel and perform a lot better than when you're like closer to 10%. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, it was definitely, and I think you probably worked on it with me when I was younger um, about about these kind of insecurities not not that i didn't ha- don't have them now like you said but they were just high, more elevated um and and wanting to like be better now like i was i always wanted to be either bulking or cutting never just like like just relaxing a bit and just not thinking about what's the next thing we're gonna do um but for me after the after the last prep we pretty much went into lockdown and i and I was like, it was Christmas time as well afterwards and uh, like enjoyed some food, put on some fat and started to feel a bit more normal. And I just like, I didn't really take as much photos. It's difficult to transition from like, you're taking photos like every day almost then going to like, okay, that's the end of the season. Now let's just, you know, yeah, of course we can like, we can reverse like, I, there's an ideal reverse, but like, it's not always going to happen after a really long prep where you're like, you know, okay, now it's another like, methodic reverse for three more months till we work food up it's just like yeah. no nah, let's just enjoy yourself and then I, I remember it was like february so it was like maybe three months after the the worlds i i just said let's throw on the posing trunks to see how i look to give my <laughs> give myself a bit of a a bit of a laugh you know at that yeah. stage where i hadn't hadn't fully regained on my muscle but i gained like fat so it was just like just look completely worse <laughs> but i thought how it make you funny. feel how to make you feel? I was yeah, looking back now at the photos because I actually looked at them yesterday. That's uh, over a year ago. I was like, actually, yeah. I wasn't too, I wasn't too bad. But at the time, I was like, holy crap, I am yeah. a fat shit. But uh, I think for me, it's like what works for me is because I know that like progress is going to take a long time. And like you said, this is what you probably told me is like focusing on the other things rather than just how you look day to day because you are going to progressively look worse for the most part month to month like focusing on performance how you feel your energy and i started playing basketball i hadn't played basketball in like i don't know maybe eight years and i used to play like at a really high level and i just you know i'm gonna start playing basketball it's it might not be like optimal for bodybuilding but it's gonna help me mentally to like move away from that mindset so that i can come back stronger in two more years to to prep again or or three years whatever it'll be yeah, it's the thing when you're when you're dieting down for a show or you're just cutting in general, like you're getting like more of an instant gratification because you're seeing change fast. Whereas the off season, like you said, you you look worse before you actually start to look better. And that that phase where you look worse, that's probably where you're doing your best work. Because again, you're in a well-fed state and your training is gonna be really good. But mentally, we get insecure or whatever because we don't like what we're seeing. And that's where you get the people who basically say, oh, I got to cut now. 
So they're never giving themselves an opportunity to stay in a very good environment for a long period of time to make those significant changes from a muscular standpoint. So you, okay, you might cut prematurely and you'll again, acutely look better, but are you really going to like make those long-term gains that you're looking for? So that's, yeah. that's the hard part is like when we're in that, that phase where, yeah, we're getting softer, but just if you wait it out and you're patient, like, let's say you get to your, your top end weight where you're just going to be kind of cruising for an off season. Let's say you're in the upper teens, as far as body fat percentage, the longer you stay there, chances are you're probably going to make it look a little bit better over time. Cause if you're doing things right, you're going to be putting some muscle on. So the body fat percentage might look the same a year later, but if you put on a kilo, two kilos of muscle, you're going to look significantly better. So that's why like right now I'm floating about 190 pounds. I would say I'm probably in the upper teens as far as body fat percentage, but when you have an 18 inch arm, it doesn't look that bad, you know, but if you're, if you're basically always like, cutting, you know, prematurely, like you're never giving yourself to even come close to building enough muscle to make higher body fat percentages look better. So that's, that's kind of how I see it. And I think too, like all the research and the science and all that, and all the conversation that's going around right now, it just throws another layer of like sometimes confusion or like complexity or even, um, what's a good word to describe it? Just confusion as far as like how we should be doing things. So it's, it's just, yeah, it's like each person, you just kind of have to figure out, like, especially as a coach, let's just see how this person works, how they tick and kind of figure out, okay, what's the best approach as far as off season? Like how far can I take this person where they start to like, we're getting them to a point where everything is good, good training, good recovery, good food. Like maybe they're a little fluffy, but what's the threshold? How much can we take them there before they get too uncomfortable where like, it doesn't matter what we're saying as a coach, they're going to, they're going to want to cut and they might do it anyways. So that's You're where I kind of that threshold you, you mean is like a mental threshold. Mental. Like yeah. Like how much can they take? Because, I mean, yeah, no one wants to walk like, oh, shit, my wardrobe. Now I have like to go buy a whole new pair of pants, whole new pair of shirt and shirts and stuff because I'm too chunky. But yeah, you have to figure out what the threshold yeah. there. The worst so. decision to make is like, because there's lots of, lots of outlets in, 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 in California, there's no like outlets here in Ireland, like, uh, like shopping malls and stuff like Calvin mm-hmm. Klein the worst decision ever to make. And you've probably made it is like, you get really nice clothes when you're like, in prep in like in the shape of a prep like i'm like 40 pounds heavier like the, the the shirts like bust open i've worn them like once you know yeah yeah it's like yeah. it's like i have my little brother's clothes on or something like that um but do, do you find like do you find if there's people who are really stubborn to that idea of wanting to progress the the book and they're in that mindset of like just constantly cutting. Do you say, okay, go for it? I'm gonna help you, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna necessarily realize your potential. Do you, you often or ever let someone do that? Because ultimately, you're the the coach, not the, you're not the parent. 
you, you they drive the, the goals it, at the end of the day? It, it depends. Um, I, I have a couple in mind that they're not competitive bodybuilders, but they're serious about their lifting and they want to improve their muscle mass. Like I had one, one guy I started working with and he was pretty adamant about getting leaner. And I'm like, you know, I just basically went through the whole spiel that we've been talking about, you know, Hey, let's make sure you're in a conducive environment. Let's put some muscle on over time. You're going to make it look better. Um, but still you can just see the insecurities there and you can see just, he just basically said, no, I want to, I want to lean down. So my thought was, okay, let's, let's lean down and kind of go from there. Cause eventually you lean down, you're going to have to go back the other way anyways. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's, at least I could guide him correctly on a cut. So basically what ended up happening is, was we leaned down. I can't remember the exact period. It might've been six, seven, eight weeks, somewhere in there, but you know how it is when you start leaning down, calories are going lower, activities a little higher, training gets harder, aches and pains start creeping up with this person. So obviously recovery is not all that great. So these, these aches and pains aren't going to easily recover when you're in a deficit. So I was able to talk them out of cutting and we started going the other way and we spent probably a good year of not cutting and actually gaining, we gained maybe 15, 20 pounds. Um, it's not a very tall individual. So it's a pretty significant amount of weight. Yeah, got a little bit fluffy, um, but performance elevated a lot. But most importantly, we've cleared out all those aches and pains and he's been pretty healthy ever since. And now here we are about a year later, we're actually diving into a cut again, starting in a couple of weeks. So it's just, a, it's a better environment because now the training is on a high level and you know he's picked up a little bit of muscle mass and now we're probably gonna diet even a little more superior this time around because there's more experience now. So the physique is probably gonna be looking superior after the cuts over at a relatively similar body weight as he was a year ago. Yeah. And so the way I kind of look at it this way, Adam, is basically it's like, okay, we're gonna put you in a good environment. You're gonna gain a little bit of weight. You're gonna maintain that higher body weight for a while, however long that is, six months, year, two years. Then you're gonna diet it down again. And you're going to make the physique look superior when you diet back down than it was previously. And then you rinse and repeat that. And that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. And did you, have you find, or did you find that like back when you started like posting online, like when you were on the, on the boards as, uh, what was your name? It was your like God, it was your name backwards or something. Strebla or something. Oh yeah. Fed Strebla. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> my first and last name backwards yeah yeah, uh, yeah ba back at least 12 11 years ago i think oh anyway um there wasn't like there, you, you used to have to put your uh image up because i remember following some of them i remember i might have started even a log you put it you have to upload it to like photo book it and then copy the link to get your photo on so it's like an effort to put photos in right so people weren't like posting every every single day you find that that there was less this kind of less insecurity or, or less desire to be lean for people or was that something that's hard to mm -hmm. say because we're more connected now these days 
That's a good question. I, I would, well, so for me, it's easier to kind of compare pre-internet to now. Yeah. Because I remember back, like I said, when I was, no one cared about being lean in the off season back then. It was more about, hey, we're going to get, we're going to lift heavy ass weight and we're going to get stronger and we're just going to eat and get big. So I remember just like the gym setting, like there was a few, you know, local bodybuilders in the gym. We were covered up because back then it was stay covered up. I'm going to show you what I have, but I'm going to show you on stage. So it wasn't like you're in, you, you would unveil your work at the shows. It wasn't like now where it's like you post up every single workout. So I think when you think of like the business side of it too, like fitness is boomed as far as a business. So I think that's played a huge role in it too. So yeah. it's just, yeah, but I think, yeah, it's just, it's different. It's different eras. It's, it's interesting to me how things have shifted. Mm. And like, what, what was your longest bulk? Cause I know when you were younger, you competed a lot more frequently. So before you did your first show, what was your, or after you did your first show, I should say, what was your like longest bulking period? Well, back shows. then I didn't know about like extended off seasons. Like I didn't, it didn't dawn on us like, Hey, if we take two or three years, we're going to make more progress with our physiques. So yeah. it was compete next year, compete again, next year, compete again. I did that three years in a row. So looking in hindsight, that was a huge mistake. So back then, you know, it was more like, okay, I'm three or four months I'm prepping and the rest is just like gain weight and eat. And, and try to get bigger. Um, it and then I think it was 96. Yeah. 96, 97. I didn't compete for a couple of years. Um, but I was doing other things. I was playing a lot of basketball and tennis. Uh, so I can say like in this era now where we know a lot more about extended off season, things like that. Um, yeah. I usually take like two to three years uh, in between. But now that I'm pushing 50 years old, like extended off seasons don't mean a whole lot for me because I'm not going to be putting on too much more muscle at this point. But yeah. So it's- yeah, one thing that like always, like I suppose like the, the science and stuff doesn't really seem to support it, but like the likes of like Alberto and, and I've, I've seen a lot of times with others, it's like they've done like a very long like, bulk where they've got absolutely huge like like very pretty pretty fat as well and it's like they've mm-hmm. done that at least once and i'm wondering it's like like when alberto did it, he put like a big dent in his physique with like when he was i don't know what age he was but he transformed his physique and that's why i asked had, had you any kind of really long off seasons where you gained like 50 pounds no not 50 pounds i think the heaviest i've ever been in my life was 212 but i didn't hold that for very long um but yeah usually like my off seasons i'm gonna be anywhere between 190 to 205 and i would say 200 is more like my that's where my body likes to gravitate on its own so whether i'm very meticulous with tracking like tracking my way up to 200 or i'm looser my body's just gonna go there regardless and this is the thing i think about um accruing our muscle mass right like whether we do things perfect 
or let's say inconsistent, like we, we always, at some point you're going to get to this point here, right? So whether Alberto gained 50 pounds in that one massive bulking year he had, or he's like, Hey, let me just span this out over two or three years. Like he's probably inevitably going to get to the same point regardless. Yeah. I think, I think if we're all consistent with training for the most part, you know, and we're fairly consistent with nutrition in the end, I think we all kind of get to where we're going to go. Just some people do it faster. Some people do it slower. Yeah. Yeah. So would you still think for like, let, let's say even say younger athletes that are competing, do you still recommend an extended off season or like, would you recommend if you want to get as big as you can, you bulk as long as you can? I would say you want to stay away from a deficit. The longer, like, again, if you're, if you're trying to, to make money, you're going to save more money than you spend it. So bulking and cutting, bulking, saving money, cutting, spending it. That's kind of how I see it. So if you want to put more size on, then spend more time saving your money. Yeah. And I think you, I think what's confusing with like right now in the era is like, we got to, we got to bulk for three months. Then we got to cut, then we get or bulk for six months and we got to cut. Like we always have, to, we always think this cutting, this is starting to become like, it has, it's like an essential thing we have to do is to cut in order to keep gaining. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't I don't know if I, I don't, I don't think I buy that personally. Yeah. Well, you're spending your money, right? So, um, <laughs> well, because there's so much there's so many layers to that like there's so much context like each individual's you know different like you might have an athlete that is like super robotic right and they're low stress and they can they can think bodybuilding 24 7 they don't have a girlfriend or whatever a boyfriend like they can just do whatever they want no worries no bills no nothing stress-free it's like okay, maybe you can follow the science to a T and maybe you're, maybe you're going to, you know, maximize your potential faster than someone else who has a little more, a little more stresses in life to deal with. That's okay. But for the most of us, I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, we're dealing with a lot of context, a lot of human element. So again, I think the science is great. It's helped us to shape the way our approach in general, but at times it can also kind of be counterproductive for some people just because they get too caught up into it to where they think they have to optimize it and it ends up being stressful as far as trying to do that. So that's kind of like, that's what I deal with a lot as a coach is trying to find out what's going to be very practical for somebody and learning how each person kind of ticks yeah, that's true. And, and like, even, even me, I'm working with a, an athlete, it's not bodybuilding related, but he's trying to build muscle. He's, he's, he's actually a Paralympian going to the, the Olympics. And because uh, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing my master's at the moment. So like, there's a lot more to sports nutrition than bodybuilding. <laughs> um, but like, his, his meal plan is like, he's eating some biscuits and, and like some yogurts. And that's like, it's not the science like that would be like it's terrible but like for him he's in he's in college and uh he forgets to eat breakfast most days and he's like you know that's a stress for him is, is try to eat food but I, I do agree completely like um 
what like for me when i'm when i'm in like a stressful phase i certainly don't want to be cutting um it's going to add stress um and i think that's probably something that you've taught me as well it's just you know make sure you're just enjoying it you're not putting extra stress on on yourself for the sake of it and it wouldn't even make sense if you're trying to get leaner to bulk if you're already in a stressed state you know you want to make sure that you're in a positive energy balance and, and training and everything is going well i think people don't take into account like the the life stuff as much as they should like how much of a, a of a demand that can be like even in a well-fed state you know let's say you know you're trying to push training volume up but let's say you have a lot of stress going on in life like just that stress can really impact things especially i've gone into training sessions where like, man, I just have my mind on what's going on, you know, as far as home life. And man, those training sessions can just be like, you ever go on a training session where you're like, this sucks. Like, yeah. just because you're just, your mind is somewhere else. Um, so when I think of like, uh, like training programming, like I take that into account too. Like, it's not always about do more, do more, do more. Like, it's like, you have to pick your spots. Like, to me, I kind of look at training as like a boxer, right? Like you go into the ring, you don't want to be just throwing a bunch of wild punches, like a lot of just, hey, I'm going crazy with this flurry of punches, thinking you're going to do some damage to the other fighter. But man, you could easily get dropped just because you're out of control and you're wild. So I kind of look at like training and all that kind of like a, like a boxing match. You got to pick your spots, no one to push, no one to back out, no one to rest, those types of things. Um, and I, and the first, the, I guess what's interesting too, for me is like my journey, like the last five, six years, I've changed my mindset more to like a, like common sense supply and demand type principle mindset, uh, looking at it more from a, the athlete perspective, like actually like performance perspective and recovery um, and I've been looking at other sports more so than actual bodybuilding to learn more about bodybuilding. Because I think sometimes we get so ingrained by what we're doing now, the podcasts and, you know, reading articles, just everything is bodybuilding, 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 but there's so much value outside of it. And a lot of it is uh, you can apply it towards many, many sports. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting how for me anyways, like people are just so consumed with the bodybuilding conversation. It it's consuming. It's like to a, to a fault that point with some people. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a great book actually that's you would like uh, it's, it's called range by David Epstein. It's, it got released about last year is about like how general generalist Trump triumph. And I think in a specialist world, I think that was called, it's like it's talking about like like it's not necessarily those who are the best like roger federer or tiger woods who are made play golf or tennis from the age of three it's perhaps people who have like different perspectives from different sports or areas um like even companies when people hire people they you don't necessarily always hire someone from that field it's like let's get mm -hmm. an outside perspective and see oh yeah. well they're looking through this through a different lens yeah. um and and it's like it's like something that you can't even see yourself because you're so just focused on what's your tunnel visioned. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you mentioned Roger Federer, like that's one of my examples. Like when I watch him play tennis, I'm like, look how, like how hard he serves, 
but yet look how accurate he is at putting this little tiny ball inside this box. Like how is he generating that much power in putting the, in putting the ball right where it needs to go? Like there's so much technique and skill there and a lot of mental poise and, and, and skill there as well. And I'm like, okay, I want to mimic that when I train. But when we're like so tunnel visioned on the bodybuilding side of things, all we're seeing is like, okay, this person said I need this much volume or this yeah. person said I need to do this or this and that. But it's those, it's that like, if you look again, looking at it from an athletic perspective, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like, okay, I'm trying to move this weight from point A to point B. I want to make it look like a Roger Federer surf. Cause I know if I'm that accurate with that much power, I'm probably going to get a lot more out of myself by doing that. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like, I can't remember where I was listening to about baseball players um, that, that often have like a really strong throw, but they have it like a really poor form or I don't know how, but they have a weird biomechanics. Like they get a lot of form, but they don't last very long because they're just doing it all wrong, but they're, they're, they're playing hard. They're, really fast they throw a really quick fastball that's what it's called um but they don't <laughs> last very long. I, I don't know baseball i went to one game and i thought it was really boring. fastball curveballs yeah <laughs> sliders yeah, the, yeah but yeah if you have bad mechanics then man you're just gonna really put a lot of wear and tear on your joints yeah but i use baseball players as an analogy too with training because a lot of times like again it goes back to the volume thing like Everybody wants to do more and more and more, but if, as far as baseball, if you're a starting pitcher, you're pitching, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine innings a game. They don't like, they don't put their starting pitchers in every game. They have a rotation. It's usually like a four or five man rotation. So they pitch every fourth or fifth game because they get, because otherwise their arm would be shot. Like they, you have to have that recovery to have the same velocity and the same accuracy with your pitches. So it's the same thing with training. Like if you're doing too much, you're starting to break yourself down. You start to lose velocity. You lose performance. So that's why I try to like make sure that the amount of volume I'm doing or the dose I'm doing is the right amount. So that way I can recover from it. So it's again, I, I look outside of just like the bodybuilding. I, I'd rather watch like sporting events or listen to like, sport podcasts and things like that to learn even more about how I can be better as a, as a a performance athlete, that's going to help my bodybuilding side of things. Yeah. I think you just watch Roger Federer because you admire his hair, you know? I love his hair. That's what I don't have here. <laughs> I used to like Andre Agassi, though, when he played because he was he oh, yeah. like You, you kind of look both. like him, actually, yeah. That's people used to tell me that I go play on tennis courts. Like, you look like Andre Agassi. So if I could play like him, my man, I'd be – I'd be pretty well off. There's actually a really funny uh, kind of thing going on on Twitter with Tony Hawk. You know Tony Hawk? Uh, the skateboarder? Yeah, yeah. because people, he's like a hard-to-recognize person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, oh, he, every time somebody recognizes him or says, like, oh, you look like Tony Hawk, because he is, he doesn't actually say. He just says, yeah, I know, I've, I've got that. It's, it's really funny. He always, like, posts every time someone says it because <laughs> – like, oh, you look like someone really famous or they look at his name because it's Anthony Hawk on his passports. So like, uh, okay, Hawk, yeah. oh, like the skater, Tony Hawk. He's like, yeah, yeah like that. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. 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 But uh, 
so 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 thanks so much for that information jeff um i know that like you the way you train is like very accurate and you tried like you can see in the in the form that you you do in your videos and stuff that you put up that you try to get the most out of out of every set that you do and i think that's really important like you said we're training we're trying to move away from point a to point b and train a certain muscle group not just trying to add more volume or increase sets every week or or train twice a week these are all kind of things that are I won't say they're new, but they're, they're definitely kind of popular in the, the bodybuilding science at the moment. Um, well, as far as your prep goes this year, then how, uh, like how far into it are you, are you at? We didn't really chat much about that. And like, are, are you, are you, you know, below 200 now? Are you, are you far mm-hmm. away from stage weight? I'm about, I'm, yeah, I'm like 20 pounds over. So I've been hovering about 190 since the beginning of the year. And that's just cause I, learn the show dates are pushed back. So I'm like, okay, I can yep. just kind of pull back. Um, and I guess we could talk like I've been dieting since July, but it's not like your traditional like contest prep dieting where, you know, we yep. think, Hey, we're going trajectory is going down the entire time. It's, it's kind of had ebbs and flows to it. So in July I was 206. Now I'm roughly 190. So it's 15 pounds. And like I've had moments where, you know, I've, I've lost weight. I've had moments where I've kind of stayed the same. I've had moments where I've actually gained weight. Um, so in a sense, I kind of think that I'm kind of learning, like for me now at this stage, it's, it's really helping me to maintain a fuller, like healthier looking physique because I'm not always on a downward trajectory. Like even with refeeds, you know, or, or diet breaks, there's always like somewhat of a downward trajectory almost the entire time, but this one's kind of had ebbs and flows to it. Um, so I think it's, uh, in the end, it's gonna, it's gonna pay off for me. And cause if you think about it, because the demand hasn't been overly great, I've been able to maintain my training like at a very high level, even when I've lost, you know, some weight, I've always maintained high levels of training. So I think, yeah, for now, anyways, like it's working well, obviously when I get leaner, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit harder to keep training up, but I, I, it's, it's kind of eye opening for me as far as like prep timelines. Cause you know, we, we like through the research, it's just, okay, we're going to lose half 1% of body weight per week. Um, and now we're, you are seeing now people are bringing up the refeeds. They, they're not essential and diet breaks and all that, but the, they have so much utility as you and I both know, um, you know how it is yeah. when you start getting a little bit mentally crazy. Um, those refeeds can help mentally, but also it's a nice pick me up for training. But yeah, this kind of has me kind of thinking about maybe different ways to prep people outside of just your traditional, hey, we need six months and we're just going to make the trajectory downwards. So would longer you, game plans, longer game plans. Do you think that's uh, would be difficult to get people's buy-in? Like, you know, Jeff, I want to do a prep, uh, got a show in eight weeks, I'm 20% body fat. It's like, well, hold on. <laughs> No, eight weeks. No, no, no. Yeah. And so we're going to take 20 pounds off. Like instead of the, like get a pound off per week, that's a 20 week prep, right? Yeah. Okay. You can probably look great at that, but it hey, maybe you know, Hey, take 20 pounds off in 40 weeks. So it's like, Hey, maybe a month you take off five, hold that for a month, 
next month five hold it for a month because you think about even if you you take five off right like you think overall demand goes up a little bit you just took five pounds off you're in a little bit of a deficit there obviously calories are lower so you probably feel in a little bit of fatigue from that but if you go maintenance for a month you hold that what's going to end up happening is you're going to regain a little bit of fullness training might pick up a little bit recovery will be picking up um, you get a little bit of a mental break, uh, maybe socially. It's like, oh, okay, I can actually maybe enjoy a little bit more here and there. And then, okay, the next month, let me take five more off. And then you yeah. just kind of rinse and repeat that. I, I think just that it's, uh, for me, that's where I've learned the most about myself is like out, actually going outside the box and trying things, trial and error. Like I remember in 2011, this was kind of, well, I would say refeeds were around, but I was taking these large refeeds. Like I'm talking like eight, 900,000 grams of carbs. And this was when I was in a little bit more of a leaner state. And I remember Eric and Alberta, like, stop, they're like, stop doing that. You're going to, you're going to slow your progress down and things like that. And I just kept telling them, well, I keep dropping a pound. Why am I going to stop? Like every week I'm still losing a pound. Why am I going to do that? Because, I mean, the extra food was like the next day or two, I was energized, training picked up, everything just picked up. And I still got at the end of the prep, still got to where I wanted to go. So it kind of was like, okay, the larger refeeds work for me under this context. And then 2014, it was like, okay, let me experiment with the two refeeds a week and do this, you know, we'll start doing that. And again, it worked well. Um, and also with the training too, like low intent, like high intensity, low volume, like I experimented with that. And that's kind of an outlier type thing. So it's just, I think sometimes, again, we get in this bubble, like the science research bubble or whatever camp you're kind of gravitating towards to get your information, you're getting in this bubble and you're not giving yourself a chance to possibly learn more about yourself. So that's something that I'm not afraid to do is to get outside of the box and just experiment with things. Hmm. Whether it works, doesn't work, you, yeah. you learn more. Yeah, it seems to pay it off, right? Yeah. So now here I am like, okay, I'm doing this unorthodox prep where it's like kind of like, tog like dimmer switch toggling up and down. Uh, but we'll see in the end. How, how it ends up like you always have to wait till the final product right that's where you kind of know your answers so I was going to say at the end of this like right now I'm thinking about experimenting one step further and and not tracking like putting stuff in a spreadsheet just hey I'm just like just not going to put things in a spreadsheet and just finish the prep out you know using a little bit more uh, intuitiveness and auto regulation and the reason i might do that is just because i'm so experienced like obviously i wouldn't want someone who's in their first or second prep to do that but to me i want to just see hey everything i've learned over the last 35 years can i just auto regulate it and be intuitive with it would you do that right until the end good question i, I haven't thought that far out in front <laughs> But I don't see, I don't see why not. I mean, cause my daily flow, like the way I do things, like I'm always eating four meals per day. I typically train on the same days. I usually do the cardio at the same time, same. So it's, 
it's very automatic. So unless all of a sudden, like my day-to-day is really shifting, I can consist it with things. I think it's probably very doable. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks so much, man, for coming on. It's uh, been a pleasure to chat to you again after a full year. Uh, hopefully it's not going to be another year before we chat again. I really wanted to get over and uh, see you at the, the mayhem, but I, I can't leave my country without being fined <laughs> at the moment, at least anyway. Well, maybe it'll be different in October. Yeah, that would be nice to see you again. But I mean, worst case scenario, man, maybe they, they do live stream. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be watching if, uh, if I can see it. But, but thanks once again, man. All right. Take care of yourself. Thanks for having me.